Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Forever Fangirls podcast. I am Sheila Amato, and you can find me and my wife on Twitter at Forever Fan Pod. And I am Kimberly Amato, and you can also find us on our website, foreverfangirls.com, or on Instagram at, um, at Forever Fan Pod. At, at? At, you know, at the handle. This is not Star Wars. We don't have an at, at here. Pew, 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 pew. Really? Pew. Hi. Anyway, we are your zany hosts, and we're glad you can join us. Well, this is the penultimate day of the year before 2020 comes to a close. And, well, before we say goodbye to 2020, we actually said hello to several films that came out on streaming services. Yes, and I know it was Netflix, and Netflix is a streaming service, but we covered The Prom. Yes, we also covered uh, in November. Happiest Season. Happiest Season. Which I believe was supposed to go to theaters. Yes, it was. And uh, most recently, the WB has announced that their 2021 film slate will be released on HBO Max. Yes. I don't know if that'll coincide with theaters. I don't know either. You were the one who found that. Yeah, well, I've just... Mm. I, yes, dear. <laughs> anyway. And as you heard in our intro, it started on Christmas Day with Wonder Woman 1984, which is going to be streaming on HBO Max for 31 days. And before we go any further, we just wanted to let you know and forewarn you um, that if you are listening to us now, but you haven't seen the film yet, you will be spoiled. So no need for the lasso of truth there. Nope, not at all. So if you have not seen it, please pause us and then come back and listen to the rest of the show. If you don't mind being spoiled, though, just continue listening. And with that, we start our banter music. So New Year's Eve is right around the corner. Um... Yeah, like in two days. Yeah. Really? Yeah. We usually go to uh, our friend's house every year and we ring in the new year with very close friends of ours, yes. diving buddies and, and amazing people. And we can't do that this year. No, and I'm going to miss the salad. I'm going to miss the people. Well, I'm going to miss the people too. People and f- good food, good company. Food is overrated. No. Although the desserts are always excellent. Yeah, because you, you're, like, addicted to sugar. And? You steal my chocolate. And? Anyway, so, speaking of New Year's Eve, um, I have to just take a pause here and give a shout-out to Hannah, because she actually helped me check off one item from my bucket list, which was to see New Year's Eve at Times Square, seeing the ball drop. Yeah. I was not looking forward to that, because being born and raised in New York... I've wanted to help you with your bucket list since I've met you, but I saw that one and I was like, okay, the first thing you learn as a New Yorker is you stay as far away from Times Square during New Year's Eve as possible. Well, that didn't really deter me. What deterred me was the fact that it is freaking cold on New Year's Eve. Um, what deters us is the people. Oh, anyway. There's just too many of them. Yes. Well, that's why I'm giving a shout out to Hannah because she was working on MTV that time 2013 2013 yeah somewhere uh yeah 2013 Mm -hmm. it was going to be 2014 and you know we were working crew on a show i don't even remember the show 
I'm sorry. New Year's code, I think, was on the badge. Because what you had to do is you had to, you were given a badge and then she had a piece of paper. And at two o'clock, they emptied out all of Times Square. And we had been out to dinner or like a, a liner or whatever. And when we came back, you have to show the the, the pass, the pass and the letters badges and all of that good stuff. Just to get in. And Your then it's like crickets when you get in there. But I, like I said, I got to experience New York, New Year's Eve in New York City, watching the ball drop from the comfort of the buildings at 42nd Street, where it was warm and I had a working bathroom. And we watched, oh, we watched pizza surfing. I have never seen that. Yeah, that was, that was actually cool. You know, people ordered pizza, they ordered food, and, you know, they actually gave it to the person who ordered it. it I had no idea what was going on. I just remember pointing out to Hannah, I'm like, why is the pizza just going across the crowd? She's like, oh, pizza surfing. It's because they ordered it. They're yeah. allowed to do that. I was like, Domino's. Domino's got to deliver it. <laughs> I remember that because I was like, oh. Pizza. Hmm. I just remember the the emptiness, and then you know, besides our celebration and and hanging out with Hannah and and stuff like that, was the crowd pushing when it, they were counting down the ten seconds, and you could hear it inside the building how yes. loud it was. Yes, and all of a sudden it was just these mass of people slamming on the barricades on the side streets, trying to get a glimpse. Yeah, I was crazy, that and was then the trash. <laughs> The trash afterwards, but kudos to New York City Sanitation because they got that stuff cleared oh, yeah. out like pronto. Yeah, it definitely. was incredible. So anyway, but that's that's our banter for this year, for this the rest year. of this year, for the rest of this year. Yeah. <laughs> and so with that, we are going to start with the good, the bad, the cute, the unicorn poop. Yes, that too, of Wonder Woman 1984. But first. Kimberly is going to read the storyline from IMDb. Rewind to the 1980s as Wonder Woman's next big screen adventure finds her facing two all-new foes, Max Lord and the Cheetah. What was that? Dramatic reading. With a half-British accent? What was that? Yeah, I know. I slipped in and out of it badly. Oh, my goodness. Just go with the flow. Well, then go ahead with the good. Oh, uh, okay. Um, okay. As, as someone who grew up with Wonder Woman, she was, uh, I read the comics. I watched the cartoons. I had underoos. I used to spin around as a little girl and be like, I am going to, you know, turn into Wonder Woman. And then I'd promptly fall over because I spun too fast or too long. Still happens as an adult. Just pointing that out. You will fall. Don't look at me like that. She's giving me this weird look right now. Because I'm getting dizzy just thinking about it. <laughs> anyway, Linda Carter... Um, has always been Wonder Woman to me, you know, because that's that's the first uh, individual that played the character for well, me. She personifies it, and she she just was everything Wonder Woman was to me. Mm-hmm. You know, everything from the comics, everything that I see in the cartoons, it was like, wow, there she is. Yeah. And I never felt like they could find someone to really replace that. You know, that there was just she had it, whatever it is, she had it. Linda Carter had it. Okay. And here comes Gal Gadot. She has just like grabbed that torch and run with it. And I just look at her and I go, yep, that's Wonder Woman. Mm. Yes, she is Wonder Woman. Um, It actually kind of reminds me of the first time I saw the Superman movies. To me, uh, Christopher Reeve is Superman. Okay. He's Clark Kent. And no one really comes close to it still. 
But speaking of Wonder Woman and bringing it back to that, um, I was not, I did not read the comics, so mm-hmm. I don't know much about the, like, the full canon of Wonder Woman, like I do a little bit with Superman. Um, but I always remembered when Saturday mornings came about when I was growing up, we were watching Super Friends, and that, that's how I got exposed to Wonder Woman. And I always remembered her flying her invisible jet. Oh, you mean where you could, like, you saw the white outline of the jet and Wonder Woman exactly. was visible? Clear as day, visible, but she's in the invisible jet. Right. So, you know, and I never thought of that. I'm like, oh, Wonder Woman and her jet. You can't see it, but we can because we're watching it. Um, so I was actually, as I was doing a little bit of research for, for this, um, I came onto an article um, where it's talking about, and we will we will link the article in our show notes page for this, but in the article, it was actually saying that the invisible jet is an allegory uh, representing the invisible compliance of women who worked in male-dominated industries during the Depression. Wow. And I'm like, whoa, I never made that connection before, right? Because I, for, for me, especially a kid... Yeah, I I was looking at it as entertainment. You know, they're cool. They're superheroes. They're gonna kick the baddies. Um, but I never really made that connection about the invisible jet and how women were supposed to be compliant and just do what they were supposed to do and disappear. Well, it, it's interesting if if because I didn't know that either. But if you take the film in in the new film, nineteen eighty four, there's actually a section where she's in the plane with Steve, and we'll cover Steve in a minute. When she's in the plane with Steve, she actually says um, they're screaming and, and she's saying, oh, I forgot about radar and all this stuff. Right. And he's going, well, what are you going to do? She's like, oh, well, maybe I can make this invisible. You know, I've always tried to do it. My right. father did it. Mm-hmm. And she could only make a cup disappear. And it's now all of a sudden she made the jet disappear. It's as if, if and I, I don't know if they're doing this, but mm-hmm. it would be an interesting twist to say Wonder Woman has control over whether she is invisible or not. She is in control of her life now. Right. So if she doesn't want you to see her a certain way or doing a certain thing, you won't. Well, hopefully that is how it is, because I am um, the, the one thing that struck me, especially in like the opening scenes where they were in the mall and, you know, she was getting the 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 jewel thieves, mm-hmm. you know, she was doing it very stealthily. And then whenever the little kid saw her, you know, she she would say, shh. You know, it's our little secret. Like she was hiding herself so that no one else could see her doing the good deeds that she was doing. I like your take better that, you know, she's actually in control and she only wants people to see what she wants them to see. See, I also took that section with the the child where she slides the kid backwards into the bears Mm -hmm. and then wishes that shush. I actually thought that was the cute little don't tell anyone it'll be our little secret. But I mean, everybody in the mall saw her. Well, yeah, but... There's there's this element of, you know, all of a sudden they're just, the lasso is grabbing them and no one sees who was doing it. They it's saw the, her flying around. It's the mysterious woman. You I know. See, I, I saw that differently. I saw that as, as her not being invisible as much as it was telling the kid, like, don't try this at home. You're cute and funny mm. and, and innocent, but we'll keep it between us. Okay. You know what? We came away with different things than that. Yeah. 
That's okay. Um, another thing I liked is it really did embody the 80s. The 80s are a decade of excess, and it is the first time marketing really switched to, you don't need to save money, you need to spend money, because the newest, greatest, best is going to make you happy. More is better. More is better. And I think uh, you had mentioned that uh, Max Lord said something like that. The answer is more, yeah. And I think the, the I guess the moral of, of that is that more isn't necessarily better, and that maybe knowing when enough is enough, when you do have enough, is good enough. But how do you know enough is enough when you have an entire society telling you that you need more to validate who you are? Well, that's Which the is thing, what right? I liked about this film. Yeah. You, you, you can't rely on things to validate you. Yeah. You have, to, you have to find it in yourself to validate who you are. Because you are important. There's just the way you are. So... I have a good, but it kind of leads into the bad. And I don't know if you have any other good you want to add to this before I go into that. No, I think I think that's good. Um, Kristen Wiig, I think, was phenomenal in this. Mm-hmm. I love that it pushed her boundaries for like comedy. They allowed her to be funny. They, she showed drama. She showed action. She, you know, she really could do a wide variety of things here. And I loved that. Mm-hmm. I absolutely unequivocally hated how they handled her character. It felt as if here's the lead up. Here's who she is. Here's the development. And then all of a sudden she just disappeared. And next thing you know, she's back when Max Lord comes in. Like, when you need to stop, like, Wonder Woman's about to stop Max Lord with the president, and oh my god, the film's gonna end, and then, oh wait, no, she's here. And she'll fight back, and she'll take, you know, Wonder Woman down. Mm -hmm. And it just, it felt as if at that point it became a plot device to keep the story going to where they needed it to be, as opposed to, here's a great character, let's actually do something with her. Yeah, I I have to agree with you on that, because I did feel like, yeah, and and you read it in the storyline, you know, she was facing two all-new foes. Yeah. But it felt like Max Lord was the was the big baddie, and Kristen Wiig's Cheetah was just there whenever it suited the plot, like you said. Yeah. So it's it it felt like it felt lacking. Like they, they should have developed her a little bit more. And maybe there's stuff on the cutting room floor that they had to take out due to time, but you know, I would have rather them taken out some of the beginning, mm. you know, or I some mean, of Max Lord, some of Max Lord, some of Steve, anything to uh, bring about more of Cheetah. Yeah, because I mean, we ended the film. I mean, an- another weirdness. If if Max Lord uh, takes back his wish, does yes. We had this discussion. Does that mean that everybody else's wish basically gets nullified? Yeah. But then they showed clips of everybody else renouncing their wishes. So was that necessary? And then they show Barbara sitting there and you're like, okay, but she said she didn't renounce her wish, but then she looks human. So what what does that leave her? Like, there's no... There's no, um, I don't want to see the thing is I also don't want like that perfect closed ending because I liked the character and I'd like to see what she would do in in part three, which I know they've announced, Mm -hmm. but it's like, I I just, I'm staring at her going, okay, what happened to her? You know, there doesn't, there's no, um, there's no connection. Like I, I don't, I don't sit there and go, oh my God, what happened to her? I'm more like, okay, what happened to her? Well, it's, it's a very big question mark to me. Because that was the, that was the first thing that I thought of. She did not renounce her wish. 
And if that's what they meant, cool. But again, it's like, I, I have to care about your villains to mm. a point. And Max Lord, I kind of wanted to just shake him and be like, dude, what the hell is wrong with you? Yeah. They felt very, I mean, you went from villains in the first one, which were extremely strong villains to this. And I kind of, I think they could have been made stronger. The The other thing that, that, you know, as I'm thinking about it, you know, you, you lose the, the thing about the wishes, right? Be careful what you wish for, mm-hmm. because you trade whatever your, whatever you wish for, you trade your most prized possession. Or yeah. The, the monkey's paw, I believe they call it. Right. So, you know, nothing really happened to Max Lord at the end, right? He got his son back. No, he lost all of his wishes. And, you know, he, he basically stood in his truth finally and admitted, yes, he's a loser. He's a con man or whatever. But he got his son back. He didn't really lose anything. Whereas Cheetah, she lost her humanity. I don't know if she got that back. Yeah, and also, when you look at it, Max Lord has just created the most horrible situation globally. Granted, people brought it upon themselves by wishes, mm-hmm. but globally, he started all this, and you don't see the police chasing him down? Well, because he he has all of the power because he... But, but he renounced everything, and once he renounced everything, does that mean people forget who they made a wish with? Maybe. So, again, I'm I'm sitting here going, okay, there should be something that happens to him right and it's it's really interesting because you know for me it seems like wonder woman diana actually knows what she lost like she did not forget but then again she's a demigod so yeah i normal rules don't quite apply to her let's just move on (laughs) but anyway uh just and real quick again about Kristen wig why is it and i'm sorry i'm going tangential but why is it they feel to make a woman ugly and like unattractive to anybody, they just need to like mess up her hair and make it wavy or like uh, and, and put glasses on them. Like you can't tell how pretty they are because they wear glasses and they have crimped hair. Same thing with last Christmas. It's like her hair was all wavy and her life was out of control. And then all of a sudden her life's in order and her hair is straight. Come on. I kind of like the crimped hair look. So do I. But still, it's like, <laughs> you know, just... People can look crazy without needing a set of glasses. And I'm sorry, but if I'm still looking at Supergirl, I know she's Cara, Cara Danvers. I know she's Supergirl. Mm. Come on now. Yeah, well, it's a wink, wink, nudge, nudge. <laughs> um, all right. So um, moving on from Kristen Wiig yes. and Cheetah. Yes. Um, I actually was surprised to learn that Wonder Woman could fly yeah. outside <laughs> of the invisible jet. Was- I was like... Wait, what? What happened? How? It was funny that you just like literally leaned over to me. She's like, Wonder Woman can fly? Well, because like I said, I am not very versed in the canon. And so I, I always knew Wonder Woman to fly in her invisible jet. I don't remember um, anything to do with her flying. So I actually, uh, to, to figure this out, I looked it up. And thanks to Den of Geek, they actually put this up there. But um, Diana's ability to fly showed up after Crisis on Infinite Earths. Uh, Diana was gifted the ability to fly from Hermes, but before then she could glide using air. So apparently this is like a gift from Steve because he tells her how so that's to... How, um, that's how that ties in. Yeah. 
Okay. I mean, everything in this film seems very formulaic and very much like, hey, you learned this in order to get this. So like, oh, the lasso doesn't make you tell truth. It shows you, you know, memories too. And all of a sudden you knew that was going to be used later. Mm-hmm. Um, him saying, oh, flying is easy. It's about catching wind and bending wind and using wind and blah, 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 blah. And all of a sudden, oh, now she's gliding. Well, it's just like when we were actually gliding in a glider. Yeah, no. You know what I remember about gliding in a glider? Don't crash, don't crash, don't crash, oh, don't crash, on. don't crash. No, it felt I, really great. I don't like heights. We were doing flips and stuff. I, oh, I'm lucky my stomach didn't glide. Anyway, coming back. Yeah, it was really interesting to me to, to find out that Wonder Woman can fly. Um, and that she has a suit of armor. Oh, no, I, I knew of the gold suit of armor. And I liked how they handled that. Yeah, well, I don't like that, you know, the wings are in pieces, but I like the way they handled that. Yeah, well, I again, I did not know that Asteria had the armor before and that, you know, she she kept it all this time. But yeah, I thought that was really cool that she actually can fly using that. I just thought it was silly placement. Uh, well, you know, the, it, it was it was the climactic battle scene. Yeah. <laughs> Again, it was one of those things where it's like, you could have edited that out. Mm. You know, there was there's more development that could have been done with Cheetah, and you're showing me how Wonder Woman can fly. Yeah. And ride the lightning. I mean, the riding the lightning was awesome and cool and, like, visually stunning, but come yeah. on, I would rather have known more about Cheetah. Well, I thought that that was actually cool because, to me anyway, it was like her father was helping her. You know, Zeus. Uh, lightning. I'll give you that. Okay. Um, any more bad that we should talk about? Okay. So before we go into the, the last bad on the list, which I think is just mine, mm-hmm. um, I just want to, I know I was seeing online that uh, a lot of fans were saying you can't compare Captain Marvel to Wonder Woman, that there's enough room for everybody. Yeah. There's, a, uh, there's room for a lot more, actually. I, I agree. Um but I do want to compare the two, but I don't want to compare the characters. The characters are both extremely strong women. Um, I am a huge Wonder Woman fan. I have been for quite some time. And Captain Marvel, I've discovered, you know, since the film came mm-hmm. out and I'm invested. I want to discuss the scenarios that the individuals behind the film put those characters in. Yes. Compare and contrast. Yes. Because there is a big contrast here in how they were put in the situation. So for Captain Marvel, it just seems like the the writers and everybody who who put this film together, they they allowed Captain Marvel to, you know, be she was accountable for her decisions. Yes. Right? Right or wrong, whatever the, the outcome was, whether good or bad, she was accountable for the decisions that she made. And it just didn't seem like that for Wonder Woman. It, she needed someone else to validate her decisions for her or even make them, it seemed like. Especially for Wonder Woman 1984, you know, she did not want to give up Steve. And Steve had to continuously tell her, you know what you need to do. You know what you need to do. You have to do this. Up until the very end when, as you were saying, the world was falling around, uh, around her. And that was like, you know, the final straw. And then she finally reluctantly did renounce her wish. For me, it also goes back to the very, very first Wonder Woman. And if you haven't seen it, I'm sorry, we're about to spoil it for you. In, 
you and I went to see it because I mean I was ridiculously excited. Mm-hmm. So and, did I. And, and we sat at the. I remember sitting at the literally the edge of the seat, which yes. I don't. Re- I rarely do that. Yes. But I remember sitting at the edge of my seat for the big climactic battle scene. Mm-hmm. And then I remember the film being over, and us just sitting there in utter disbelief. Yes. I I don't remember really what you said. I just turned around and went, are you effing kidding me? Yes. Because the last 10 to 15 minutes almost just totally negated the first hour and 45 minutes of building up Wonder Woman as this strong female character. You know, if, if we take both films side by side. Both of them go through, they've lost everything, mm-hmm. uh, lost family, lost memories, lost everything, and have to be uh, reintroduced mm-hmm. to the world as we know it. I mean, again, these, these movies are all formulaic, but if of we course. take them side by side and we go step by step, they're really going through their own personal journey and they're developing these characters. And you're learning about all the people that are around. You're learning about their strengths, their weaknesses, um, you know, who's saving who, what's going on, all this really cool stuff. Mm-hmm. And then you get to that climactic scene. Mm-hmm. And in Wonder Woman's case, she's at the airport fighting the big bad. And in Captain Marvel's case, she's in that virtual realm with the Annette Benning character. And now let's take a look at those two. The Annette Benning character, you, you said. Okay. Yeah, the, I, the, the evil big bad in, in the Annette Benning. Okay. I believe I, she played. You said that so fast, I didn't. I'm so sorry. Yeah, she, uh, it was like the all-knowing whatever. Yes, yes. I, it's That's really fine. Bad. I, just, I just remember she gets her back. I just didn't understand what you said. That's why I wanted to clarify. I, and as you should. So if we take those two specific scenes, the Captain Marvel sequence that occurs, she gets said, you know, you're just human. We made you on hollow. You mm-hmm. were reborn. And what happens? She says, I am human. So what? And she stands up. And when they do that sequence, every age that they had been referencing her in flashbacks every single age stood up and it was this beautiful montage which a lot of people couldn't stand because it was all women empowerment and a lot of people were bothered by it but the symbolism there is what was important every time that she fell down she always got up on her own exactly so i thought that was a very powerful scene because in this in this case where this this powerful being was about to crush her, she basically said, "You know what? I am human. I am embracing who I am, and I am now going to fight with both hands, not with one hand tied behind my back." But she was also an excellent point of the line. Um, but she was also and and what I got out of that is that she was going to face it regardless of the ramifications. Exactly, she was going to go forward and do her best, and that was it. Right. Take Wonder Woman. They're fighting the big bad. She's losing. And again, each of these superhero movies, they start losing and then they they get that inner strength. Right. And then they fight back. Right. And she's failing and she sees the plane going and, you know, and then he runs up and he tells her something and then they flash back to it a little bit, a few minutes later or whatever. And it's him saying, I love you. I can save today. You can save tomorrow and like the world or whatever it is. Um, I, I don't remember the line. But the idea is, all of a sudden, she had to have him validate her so that she could get up. Right. So she could have that inner strength. And all I kept thinking that entire film was, you lost your family. You've developed. You've learned. You've grown. You've you lost, saved a village. You, you saved a village. 
you've lost the village. You're you're possibly losing your sidekicks and your best buds behind you. Mm-hmm. And only one person validated you that made you find that inner strength? Are you kidding me? Yeah. It's... Uh... But now bring it forward. 1984. Yeah. She makes one wish in the world. Again, you've lost your family. <laughs> you have no connection. You've watched everybody that you loved die. Yeah. So... You know, this entire film now, we're assuming it's the 80s. They've shown it's we're assuming it's 80s. It is. It's 1984. But they've shown pictures of everybody getting old and dying. Yeah. Especially the the old uh, Steve secretary. There was a picture of her specifically that I remember. You're showing them all leaving and you have one wish. Yeah. That's that's part of the frustration is that she is a very strong character. It's. It's almost far-fetched to think that she would need someone else to validate her. She's I, a demigod. Yeah. And the thing is, I'm not negating that she loves him. I am oh, not absolutely. negating that there's that strong emotional relationship. You and I have discussed this, and you've played devil's advocate, you know, a, a great deal. Yeah, because I understand it. I understand that, you know, even in my own, when I'm doubting myself, I would always think, okay, what would Kimberly do in this situation? But you make the decision on your own. Yes, Yes, I do. You, you know, I, 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 I make the considerations for everything else that would affect, you know, that, that situation or whatever. But yes, I, eventually I do make the decision on my own because and, I have to. And if you weren't around, I'm not going to lie, I'd miss you every day. And if I could see you for a moment, I would. I, I don't deny that. And I get where they were trying to go with it, but I think they dropped the ball. I think this entire thing... They could have introduced new characters that could have assisted her and been the sidekicks that this this story seems to need. Right. But it feels like they literally are trying to toe this line with Wonder Woman because they saw the backlash, I guess, with with Captain Marvel, with a lot of people saying she's too strong. It's this feminism movie. And I think they're trying to toe this line. And I felt the, the way I felt of Wonder Woman right now, again, something that I have looked up to. You know, they're talking about women's empowerment and, and giving young girls someone to look up to. I was that young girl who looked up to Wonder Woman. And I'm mm-hmm. now looking at Wonder Woman going, my God, what have you done? She's stuck in the 1950s. Yeah. And, you know, that, and that's why it's, it's just so hard to watch. I really wanted to like this film. It, it, and that is extremely frustrating because it is such great material. Yes, it is such potential. It's, it's, it's a rich character. Yeah. And there are so many rich villains. Yes. It I is. mean, like I said, I don't know the canon, but I know, you know, in order to have a superhero, you have to have supervillains. Mm-hmm. And have super friends. And, well, yes. I had to bring that in. Well, I love super friends. So, but, yeah, it's just very... Uh, DC's the only, just dropping the ball. Yeah, the the only word that I have here is frustration because it yeah. could be better. I mean, you have Captain Marvel. You know, there's a reason why Captain Marvel made 1.1 billion dollars worldwide. Yeah, and Wonder, I mean, and Woman, Wonder Woman wasn't that far off. It wasn't, but it made 800 million or something mm-hmm. worldwide. So you know, Captain Marvel still was way up there. Yeah, and I think you know, it's not just us who sees that. I was actually listening to um, a review of 1984 before, uh, and a gentleman actually said, why is Wonder Woman's decisions or validation coming from Steve? And I was like, okay, so it's just not me. Right. You know, I thought maybe it was us and we were abnormal, but it's it's actually quite 
it's annoying a lot of people. Yeah. And I wonder if it's, I wonder if it's a DC thing. Maybe, but I'm hoping that, you know, it was announced that Wonder Woman 3 is coming mm-hmm. out. Maybe they'll switch gears a little bit and be better. Okay, so since you mentioned that they've announced the third one, I'm going to go right into the cute. Oh, okay. Because I actually will be honest and say that after seeing 1984, I had no interest in seeing the third one. I mm. was done. I had had enough. I wanted to go back to, um, you know, watching the classic cartoons and go back into my comics. Mm. Because it, it, it's just, that's the Wonder Woman I know. That is the strong character that I know, you know, and, and I love the acting in this film. That's what's killing me here. Mm-hmm. And then I saw the mid-credit. Yes! The mid-credit scene. And I think the mid-credit scene was deliberately put in there to really just like do an homage, but also be like, you want to... I mean, it's it's perfectly placed. And I think DC does that right. Right. Or does that well. Um, but seeing Linda Carter. Yes, in the mid-credit scene. Now, let me ask you, because I remember the, the scene where Diana was talking to Steve she put a lasso on the on lasso his, not only tells truth but it yes. also shows you memories sh- yes to show um asteria right yeah. as she was talking about the armor yeah um in that snippet where all the men were like hitting her armor you, oh, and she you, was just fiercely standing there yes you you see her blue eye really yeah you i didn't see, see that you just see a blue eye looking at everything and dark hair Mm-hmm. And I was like, huh, I wonder, because Linda Carter is the only other woman that I know, since we were watching Wonder Woman, who has blue eyes and dark hair. Everybody else in the mascara, is that how you pronounce it? Uh, yes. Uh, you know, they had like light hair and... Not that jet black hair. Not yeah. that jet black hair. So I was like, oh, so she is Asteria. Oh my goodness! I was I was like I was all giddy when I saw that. Like, I absolutely miss that. Um, See, now we're going to have to see it just for that scene again. No, no. No. Oh, okay. Um, But I I have to say that it it garnered my interest seeing her because now I'm like, okay, is she going to be a part of three? Are they going to slightly deviate from canon? Are they going to stick to canon? What are they going to do? You know, it brought my interest back in a little bit to give it another shot. Mm -hmm. I hope they don't. Well, maybe third time is the charm. I, you know what? I hope so. I will. If nothing else, I will take that mid-season, mid-season, mid-credit uh, scene as a little homage. And that was, I thought that was adorable. Yes, it was very cute. My cute is that after seeing this, and you had referenced it earlier, um, it actually made me want to see the TV series with Linda Wonder Carter. Woman. Because I I do remember seeing like you know when I was younger snippets of the show, but I don't remember the show itself. Um, what I do remember are the Saturday morning cartoons, Super oh, Friends, God. just when you would eat your bowl of cereal right yes! in front of the TV because the yes! only time cartoons are on. It's from like eight a.m. in the morning till, till like noon. noon, and I don't do anything but sit my butt down in front of the TV and watch my cartoons. Yeah. Yes. So I'm like. Oh, maybe that's streaming somewhere. Everything is streaming now. I, you know, I don't know. Uh, not sure about the cartoons, but I'm sure that Wonder Woman is available somewhere. Yeah. So maybe we can just like watch, binge watch like a season or something. Sure. We can, we can do a review on it. 
Okay. Okay. All right. That makes me excited now. <laughs> Yay. Okay. So now that we've finished our discussion of Wonder Woman 1984, it is now time for our Forever Fangirl rating. You probably have garnered from our discussion what the rating is going to be, but we're going to do it anyway. So are we ready? Yes. Drum roll, please. 3.5 stars. Ding, 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 ding. Really? Yeah, I just wanted to do that. I don't know why. Oh, anyway. So, um, like I said, you, you probably figured out from our discussion that it, it, it is that rating. Um, <laughs> well, it, the film had good parts. Yeah. And there was, there was some dialogue that was, I think, really sharp. And there was a lot of references and and um, morals and stuff all built in that I thought yes. was pretty good. But I guess the thing is, when when taken all together, it just it just did not gel well. Yeah, it just didn't quite mesh. Well, interesting is that it also finished shooting principal photography apparently in 2018, and they had to go back. And do research. In 2019 for more filming. And apparently the, this one did not have, um, and, and I'll, if I can find them, I'll, I'll put them in the show notes, but there was a lot of negative um, responses to it. Mm. Yeah. And, and again, you know, I mentioned this earlier. I wanted to really like this film. I really wanted to. Yeah. And it's extremely frustrating because of how much I do love Wonder Woman. Yeah. So, you know, I mean... I, again, it, this could just literally be because it's it's DC. It, it could literally be from all the way high up that they have a specific formula they want to follow and that's it. I feel like they are telling me what I want to see as opposed to following what the audience actually wants to see. Mm. Yeah. So, well, I like I said, maybe third time's a charm and it'll be better. Hey, I liked, you know, the incredibly long title of Harley Quinn and Birds of Prey. <laughs> Um, I actually liked that film. I own that film. I have watched that film. It's weird, but DC got that one right. And I know a lot of people didn't like it. So maybe I'm in the minority there too, but they seem to have Harley Quinn accurately down. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. I have no idea. Well, we'll see. But anyway, that is our show for today. So thank you so much for joining us. If you want to reach out, we would love to hear what your opinions are. And in the meantime, if you are listening to this podcast on your smartphone, be sure to hit that little subscribe button so you don't miss an episode. And if you have a moment, just shoot us a review and let us know what you think. Yes. And until next time, stay safe. Be kind and remember, even superheroes have struggles. We have to continue to learn and grow. And with that, we leave you with Diana's words. Sometimes you can't see what you're learning until you come out the other side. All right. Um, before I get into a bad, my bad, not, well, not, forget it.